0: You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carlos Stebbings, Matt Smith and Neville Bounds. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 261 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me as always in the PTUK studio this week is my co-host Matt Smith. Uh, well, hello everyone. How are we all? How are we all? It's, it's daytime. I it's don't daytime. like it. It's weird. There's, there's <laughs> I, don't, light I, don't, I really don't like it when it's daytime. But <laughs> it's, it's even more strange because today we're actually experiencing uh, sun. Uh, which yes, know. yes. Uh, that, that's what it is, <laughs> is, is that. it? That, I thought there was some sun kind of size. massive
1: fireball uh, occurring. Yes. Um, it's not something we see very often, it has to be said. It's not. Nice. <laughs> it's nice. But how are you, Matt? Uh, yes, I, I am, uh, uh, as I quite
0: often say, living life's eternal dream. Good. Yeah, course, every yeah. day. Been anywhere nice this week in the uh, the, the big coach? I'll take that as a no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can't. I can't. Say I to France. No, no, no. Well, yeah. I, I I think I went somewhere slightly exotic. I can't remember. Oh, Norwich. That's oh, you went, like to I Norwich. went to Norwich. For oh, the that's day, that's yeah. far from here. Yeah, it's it all yeah, of twenty yeah, minutes away. Absolutely. I'm, I, okay. But but uh, exciting news on Tuesday. I'm off to Kings Lynn. <gasps> wow. Oh I know. Yeah.
0: Wow, you you're going well off the grid. Well, it's up the wash in it. That's where oh, that's yeah. where that's where the web feet are and stuff, isn't it? It's a dangerous territory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we have got someone joining us in the studio this Ooh, week, and yes. uh, you may recognise him because he's another co-host of the show. Welcome into East Anglia, mm-hmm. Neville Bounds.
2: Good afternoon. Great to be here, and uh, thank you very much for inviting me into your very spacious studio. <laughs> Um, basically we have to when we come into studio we have to work out who's going to go in first because once you're in there's (laughs) there's no real
3: (laughs) changing of mind of course Armando you
1: can you can vouch for this of course
3: having been here several times it's all very straightforward for you I can. Give it a couple hours, and it'll it'll get nice and toasty in there. Lovely. Yes, thank you. No, sh- yeah, no we're leaving
1: fine. that as a nice surprise for him. Don't
0: spoil it. So uh, how, how are you, Nev? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no fine.
2: Uh, it's been a bit of a difficult week, as some mm. of you may know. We, we lost our poor cat, uh, Tom, uh, last mm. Sunday. Uh, very tragic circumstance as well. But uh, uh, but we're okay. We're, we're doing all right. Sue and I are doing fine now. And uh, it's going to take a while to get over it, obviously. But I um, don't it think it something you ever get the, over, the, does the, it, really? cats are important
0: to us all, aren't they? Yes, they're, they're, exactly. Well, they're family, aren't they? Yes.
2: But uh, but the, yeah. the banana,
0: banana made it here. It's it did, uh, yes.
2: I had to obviously lean out the fuel a bit because it's a, a long distance <laughs> yes, so true. to, to yes. make it in yes. one yeah. hit. Uh, uh, I don't know hmm. if we'd
0: have your particular
1: brand of petroleum. Red diesel, you mean. Red diesel.
2: You tractor boys uh, up here. Hey, parts, that's
1: uh, uh, Ipswich. That's nowhere near us. Be uh, Careful. <laughs> Canaries round here, thank you. And then tomorrow,
2: <laughs> I'm off to dis uh, mm. which is what 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, drive half an hour away. Uh, yeah, it's not far from here. So yeah. Uh, and then back home tomorrow night. So, yeah, well, great to be in the studio, and great to have you guys with me for a nice change, yes. rather than me yes. being on the end of a line somewhere. Yes, I know, well, yeah, well, we're all
0: feeling yeah. well after our Christmas
1: pudding dessert earlier. Great, Carlos fed his Christmas pudding. I just <laughs> <laughs> remind him it is actually March. March but anyway. Yes, Here we are. Never mind. It and is what it is. <laughs> joining
0: us as well, he's back stateside, uh, back with his family, and uh, we're so glad that uh, he's finally. Uh, you know enjoying the home life it is as always our awesome co-host on the show armando
3: hey everybody yes it is indeed very very nice to be back in the u.s i feel like i've already lost my british accent oh
1: dear me I, I didn't know you had one
0: sorry yeah <laughs> didn't you hear him earlier after when he was about,
3: here after about eight beverages anybody has every american has a british accent
0: right <laughs> yeah. it's all apples and pears yeah <laughs> So how, how are things, Amanda? I'll take it you've, uh, you've settled in after your, uh, your flight back last week.
3: Yeah, it was really nice. We had bought this house here on Lake Norman, and so we've just been sort of in moving mode, as you can sort of see all the boxes and everything in the back. Um, but I did get a chance to already go out and check out the local airports. So I've already been out looking at the general aviation community and some of the business community in the area. A business aviation community, which this is NASCAR country, so it's uh, there's a lot of race teams that have some really really nice airplanes here. I, I got a chance to check out some of those, uh, a lot of Embraer's a lot of uh, ERJs out here. So, that was surprising. Excellent,
0: and I'm guessing that uh, you're obviously back to enjoying sunny weather your side as well now that you're back home.
3: Yeah, it is uh, sunny. I'm wearing shorts and t shirt. It's Yay. 60 oh. degrees out there. And, you know, I actually had to close the blinds because the sun was was, was uh, coming into the room and getting the computer did, a little hot. Did you say
1: 60 it. or 16? What did you say? Sorry? 60.
3: 60 so Fahrenheit. What's, Fahrenheit. What's
1: that in real money?
3: Oh, that's about
1: 20,
0: right? Okay, oh, that's fine.
3: That's yeah, good. That's yeah, yeah, that's still warmer warm. that is yeah, here. Yeah, well, yeah, that's hard. I think it's, I think it's oh, 11 15. degrees 15. in the car. So I
0: think you, I think, first question then before we crack on, Armando, is how was your flight back to the US?
3: So thanks to a certain Captain Al, I don't know if they actually listened or not, but when I showed up to the airport to check in, first of all, very important, I met up with Jonathan Warner. Yes. Who was there... Uh, working in the London area, and he <laughs> he braved a little trip over to Heathrow Terminal 3, and we met up for a really, really nice breakfast and, and got a chance to, to uh, spend probably an hour, hour and a half together. But when I checked into American Airlines, they did put me on the the standby list for first class. Oh, wow. Unfortunately, it was completely full. Oh, so uh... Uh, the alternative was they gave me access to the first class lounge uh, oh. but then i was in 38 g so <laughs> but uh really you know shout out to american airlines because uh they did give it a good old the, the good old college try that would have been a nice trip oh. i appreciate the effort
0: but you flew back on a 330 didn't you armando
3: it was an A330. Thank you, Carlos, for tracking me all the way, to make sure I was hey. <laughs> all the way across the ocean, and letting me know when I landed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. He, Sorry. He does that. Yes. Just a geek in <laughs> me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, That's providing updates to Megan as
4: <laughs> yeah, I was,
0: right. yeah. Oh I no! I know it's a service we provide here at PTUK for wow. all our hosts. Wow. Do we charge um, for that
1: service? Is it? Is it reasonably? It's it's yeah.
0: Right. And I'm just hoping that Nev has his ADSB out on uh, on the banana on the way back. <gasps> right, uh, okay. year. Oh yes, yeah, I shall have that. Uh, have your GPS turned yeah, on, yes. definitely. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to say a big welcome then to everyone who's joined us in the YouTube chat room mm. this afternoon. All the usual family members in there, too many to mention because they're, they're all just so. So, blinking awesome. So, welcome to everyone who's joined us. Some yeah, new faces YouTube as well, channel. actually, which And some is new nice. faces, yeah, yeah we have. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, James Taylor, who's yep. joined us in the chat room. And apparently, James is in uh, a location not far from uh, our awesome Owen. Yeah, there, them, that's, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I, uh, this is what I love about uh, I love about this. The chat room—they're busy arra- making arrangements to sort of meet up at some point. So that's, okay. <laughs> that's really quite cool. Love it. Absolutely. Actually, uh, the backdrop—those of you watching on YouTube—the uh, backdrop that's behind us today has been uh, very kindly uh, sent to us by Jonathan Warner, and it's obviously those you'll all know—it's a Harrier, obviously. Uh, in fact, uh, is that a red arrow that is behind the? the um, is it or is it just happens? no that to be, looks like a pc29 like yeah, oh, right it's okay pc29 so i just see a red plane and i immediately yeah. jump to the only uh, only red thing that i know but uh, there so we are, yeah. That nice, looks good. It's a nice yeah, backdrop. Exactly so thank, yeah, thank you for that, Jonathan Warner. So, uh, it, actually, while we're talking about uh, like, uh, aircrafts and stuff, you, you stumbled across a new um, helicopter, didn't oh you? Oh, yes. Yeah,
0: early, earlier on today, whilst yes. I was finalising the show notes for today's show, I yes. stumbled across a certain video on, uh, it was, I think it was Boeing's, uh, one of the Boeing's yeah. uh, site. And uh, just take a look. For those of you watching in the YouTube chat room world, take a look at this yeah. helicopter because it is different it is it's definitely very very different
1: so it's an sb1 defiant the way forward look at look at this this is a bizarre machine so for those of you watching are listening to the thing so it's uh as I say, it's an SP-1 it, defined. It's made by. It's something to do with Boeing, isn't it? But it's got two rotor blades, counter-rotating, counter-rotating rotor blades on the top, and there, there's. I presume the, the the prop at the back is, I presume, to give it its forward it's forward motion. Forward yeah. motion. But they reckon, I I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but they reckon this could possibly be one of the fastest military helicopters, helicopters yeah. in existence. They They reckon. Uh, But this is its maiden flight. That's more why we're we're covering it. But uh, what a fascinating uh, bit of kit. What do you reckon to that? Crazy.
3: Yeah, this is, you know, it's a cool it's a cool airplane that uh, I've been watching their development of this helicopter for a little while. And yeah, it's supposed to be one of the fastest helicopters out there with an incredible payload. Um, kind of a replacement for the UH-60 or the H-60, yeah. Um, but uh, it looks very cool. It did completely remind me of one of those 1920s, you know, <laughs> sort of counter-rotating, we're going to attempt flight-type videos on yeah. YouTube.
1: Yeah, I should I should have made because actually you you did you did reply to that email, didn't you? With with said link, I should have maybe downloaded that as well. Actually, Martin, <laughs> our main man Leica
0: in the chat yeah. room has said that uh, it also slices and dices and makes julienne fries.
1: Excellent, good news. Uh, well, I, I mean, I'm amazed, frankly, that we've gone ten minutes in without uh, mentioning food. So, I mean, yeah. it, you know, pretty pretty good going that's really. the only mention and of food we're gonna make today. yeah uh, yeah right so uh, we have much uh, love also for uh, uh, we're big fans of i am especially of the boac mm. uh, livery that has uh, been going on and actually uh, we've been sent this video by the lovely Ooh, dan yes, hannington, hannington. If you haven't seen he was out outside with his telephoto video lens and uh, you can just see in the background there there we go look there it is in the sky. I'm not sure. I presume this is near where he's home. Where, where is he based? He's not really miles away. Hey, Guildford, isn't he? I seem to remember, down that sort of way. And and there it is. The, that looks the, so cool, doesn't it, no, it, it does. Like that, the, the OBOC. Retro, yeah. How cool is that? What a lovely video. Thanks for, for sending that Yeah, in, thanks, Dan. Uh, for us. That is, that is just so cool. There's something about... It's nice to see them on the tarmac, but actually to have them in the air like that
0: but it a beautiful day as well with the birds and
1: everything. Absolutely beautiful day. Anyway, you can carry on now. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you um, if you look up uh, Dan Hannington on uh, on Instagram, Dan Hannington, he does uh, Dan Hannington aviation photography. Yeah. Uh, on uh, Instagram, he's got some pretty awesome. Um, Uh, pictures on there on his on his Instagram page. If you you go onto Instagram put at DH underscore aviation underscore photography and uh, you'll see uh, all the awesome pictures that Dan's got uh, on there of aircraft. So Indeed. We so we've got loads to get through on the show this week uh we've got all the latest news stories coming to you uh we've also got a segment which has been sent in by pilot pip and i think pip's in the chat room as well this yep. week yeah uh, that's coming up later we've got all the greatest military news uh, which has been compiled by armando for this week as well so um well guys i suppose we've Oh, uh, yes, indeed. Yes. So we are going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of all the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. Uh yes, yes, I am. And if you're ready, uh, Nev. As I'm here, yes. Armando, definitely.
3: ready to go? Let's do it.
1: David, uh, uh, is it Etch- Etchells? Etch- David Etchells. He's, he's put in the chat room. There is this live. <laughs> is it live? I, I, I hope it's is live. It live?
0: I don't know if i if i poke nev oh oh yeah it's definitely live well, they're,
1: they're, they're just looking at a screen at the moment so that was totally wasted but anyway thanks for playing okay uh. <laughs> well done yes
0: we are live we are 100 yeah. percent live it is 13 minutes past five on sunday evening here in the uk yeah, and good. our first news story this week is on the independent.co.uk website and uh do you know what? how many more weeks are we going to run stories about airlines um having issues you know and failing but this one the uh, headline is jet airways crisis airline cancels huge number of flights as bailout fails Uh, Um. while Wow Air calls off their rescue bid. So two popular airlines, uh, popular with British travellers, are in difficulties. Jet Airways, a big Indian carrier, is cancelling flights and some entire routes, including the recently launched link between Manchester and Mumbai. Meanwhile, Wow Air of Iceland is announcing that talks over a potential rescue bid have been called off. The Indian carrier Jet Airways has seen two-thirds of its fleet grounded, at the instance of aircraft leases. Uh, Last month, the chief financial officer, Amit Gawal, told investors that uh, relations with overdue creditors were good. Uh, We are working very well with our various stakeholders, uh, be vendors, leases, partners, in terms of managing our win-win situation. He says, but it fails, uh, falls behind with payments uh, the owners of its aircraft are demanding that they stay on the ground while some pilots and engineers have said that their wages have gone unpaid since l- this year. Uh, the link between Manchester and Jet Airways Hub began in November last year and at the time of the Aviation Minister Baroness Suggs said such connections are key to the Britain's economic future. The five-a-week flights have been abruptly grounded. The last departure of Jet Airways Flight 129 from Manchester to Mumbai touched down shortly after midnight on Saturday morning. Subsequent arrivals and departures are shown as cancelled. The airline said that due to operational reasons, the flight schedule has been impacted and they realise that it's been affected, uh, affected, affected to our guests as well as their travel plans and truly regret the inconvenience. Jet Airways says uh, its customer support teams are working round the clock to ensure that the guests are accommodated on alternative flights or provi- uh, provided uh, refund as well. The airline's Twitter feed is full of messages from anxious travellers. And uh, Jet Airways responded uh, to the messages on Instagram and uh, Twitter that uh, our contact center, guest relations and social media teams are receiving high volumes of queries, which may lead to extended wait response times for guests. Uh, We seek your understanding and support. Uh, The airline has told business travelers, Nev, that they can no longer have access to a lounge at Delhi airport serving the Indian capital. Uh, Wow Air said that Indigo Partners, the the US firm which was in talks about a potential rescue bid, have pulled out and the goal negotiations between Wow Air and the Indigo Partners have been cancelled. The airline has now resumed talks with its big arrival, Iceland Air, about a takeover and the pair appeared to be on the brink of a deal back in November 2018. So, Jet Airways. Now, this, I mean, I thought they were doing fairly well. They're. um, One of the, yeah, one of the sort of second, I think the second biggest carrier in India after uh, Air India, but uh, they're obviously having issues. Uh, Whether this is due to um, a lot of the aircraft they've got being grounded uh, through various issues. Uh, because uh, are they a Max customer? Then is that what you? I'm you're not sure whether they're at? a Max customer okay. or not. Actually, Jet Airways, but I, I did. I thought they were doing quite well actually, but obviously not with the I, new I
1: don't know, but w- I mean, we, we, we cover stories like this quite quite regularly, don't we? That there, there is in 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 some sectors and in some countries there does seem to be a problem with the low cost model. If you see what I mean, if if that makes sense, I I don't know really what the. Uh, solution is I mean Ryanair certainly do seem to be able to make it work um, but it is I mean it, you don't get much more no
0: frills than. I mean they're a relatively um, young airline I mean jet airways were formed or commenced operations in 1993 so they're not massively old air, uh, airline they've got 119 in the fleet of aircraft right uh, with 52 destinations across the globe Okay. But uh, just looking at their their latest profits from last year, and that, it was down by quite a
4: it's quite a, quite a, quite a hammer, climate. yeah. So, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's a okay. shame. You know, I,
3: I think what what this makes me think of is just as we continue to talk about the pilot shortage and emerging technologies in aviation, this is just another sign of how volatile this industry is. Mm. So, all of us that are enthusiasts and in the industry, working in this industry, you you sort of embrace the good times. But you you always know that that this industry could you know take a turn at any any moment yeah. whether you're an employee of an individual airline like this or the entire industry takes a turn so it's a it's sort of cautious trepidation when you're when the times are good and you take the most advantage of it that that you can.
0: Yeah, they've got um, a mixed fleet: Airbus 330s, ATR 72s, they've got 737s, 700s, 800s, and 900s um they have actually got uh five of the max eights in the fleet um, they've got some on order as well at the moment and they've also got 10 triple seven 300 er's in uh, in their fleet as well so a bit of a mixed fleet Nev. <laughs> they've got a lot on. of uh, maxis on order a lot of max eight
2: channels yeah, on order yeah
1: they have yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, tony s is saying in the chat room by the way it must be live because armando's already turned to the drink
0: which i think is fair po- a <laughs> fair comment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So moving on to the next story, and uh, as always, it is the world famous Ryanair story. Right, and a bit of a bit of a punchy story. Yes. This one, now, right?
1: now we've actually opted uh, we've actually just opted to not show the video because it is actually quite. Um, detailed shall we say Uh, but if you want to it's on the Express website express.co.uk which I recommend that nobody ever goes to for their aviation related news (laughs) Uh, and the headline is Drunken Punch-Up as Ryanair Flight from Presswick Lands in Tenerife Women and Kids Screamed in Terror as a bloody brawl broke out on a Scottish holiday flight to Tenerife Violence flared as the Ryanair service from Presswick touched down on Saturday morning So a passenger who filmed the mayhem said it all over a woman not wearing her shoes going to the toilet. A very drunken man pulled her up about it saying that uh, someone would stand on her toes. The woman's boyfriend stepped in and tried to defuse the situation. Once the plane landed and more alcohol was consumed, uh, <laughs> the man and the woman's boyfriend started arguing. Both Being very drunk, they started to fight. The passenger said a man tried to calm the situation down and got hit on the nose, adding that there was lots of blood. He went on. One of the cabin crew, a young woman aged about 24, that's very specific, isn't it? Aged around about 24, uh, was caught in the middle of it all. She was very scared, but did a good job. A family with a young boy witnessed it all. It was very sca- a very scary moment as, uh, as it was very confused. Passengers and crew who tried to break up the fight were spattered with blood. Police came on board, arrested two men and took statements. The plane was an hour late taking off for the return to Presswick with the same crew still on duty. A returning passenger said that the chief steward's shirt was covered in blood and he was shaking like a leaf. He was trying to... Welcome us aboard and apologise at the same time, but uh, he was so shaken up that he could hardly get his words out. He uh, told us that there had been a lot of upset children and women screaming. Ryanair said unruly behaviour on its flight would not be tolerated. It confirmed the crew requested police assistance on arrival and said the incident was
0: now a matter for local police. Um, Well, I mean, I I feel a ban and a and a big fine coming yes at, at least someone. i
1: hope i mean it's well i mean there's not really a lot we can say about this story it's just but i'm sorry there is absolutely no excuse to be rude and abusive towards cabin crew for whatever reason uh regardless of your beef uh with a certain individual and this this is the thing what they don't realize is these inc- these these incidences are not going to help the argument for enjoying a beer on no. your flight and no. and it's, I know I say it time and time again, but it's the minority spoiling it for the majority yet again. You know, the, the, the rest of us can all do it in sensible moderation. The rest of us can do it without getting so totally... T- I mean, I'm a nervous flyer, and I have to admit that when I have been flying, I've had a couple of beers before I've got on the aeroplane. I do find that it it has sort of settled the nerves a little bit. I'm a little bit more fluid and all that kind of thing. But I'm not certainly not knocking back the shots as a way of trying to sort of... I, I just people stop it
0: please I I just watched I actually watched the video while you were um, were yeah. talking there Matt and it's um it's pretty uh, honestly it's <laughs> It wasn't just a little slap; it, they, no, they were they were yeah. quite being quite brutal. With More each importantly, other. though, what were
2: the production values like? Right, they high quality. Yes, it wasn't <laughs> vertical video. I think. Yeah, it was
1: vertical oh, video. Oh. But, uh, well, yeah. that's another good reason not to play it. Then Nev, is isn't it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: I, I, I mean, we've talked about it before, Armando, but this isn't something that you see all the time in the U.S. Do you? With your, you know, you don't have, you know, drunken brawls and fights breaking out on your air, you know, on your aircraft over in the U.S.
3: Oh, I don't know. I I think it probably happens. It just doesn't make the news quite as much as you know. I think Ryanair loves to be in the news, or the news, the news loves to cover Ryanair. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm I'm sure proportionally we probably have just the same amount of shenanigans. <laughs>
1: mm, yeah, yeah. I guess as I say, th- I I think we do have like an oversensitivity. Uh, for anything aviation related, especially the, the, the UK media these mm. days, you know, and anything to sort of diss an airline or to, you know, uh, come up with some, you know, and I hate it because it's scaremongering, as I say, and, and as a, a, again, as a nervous flyer, I don't need all this usually inaccurate information being fired at me. Do you anymore. know
0: what, it put adds fuel to the fact that air, uh, aircraft manufacturers need to install airlocks on their aircraft well, so you can eject <laughs> you know so, so you can
3: just yeah. eject a person yeah yeah, yeah. 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 i mean it's, it's, hey, it's you know, an option <laughs> uh, you, you know especially like this this gentleman calling out somebody walking to the back with no shoes you know just let the cabin crew handle it mind your own business yeah mm. there's a safety concern the cabin crew will take care of it otherwise just you know just... are you are you the the Ryanair police probably not so yeah. just kind of <laughs> let it be
0: yeah yeah so moving on to the next story, and Nev, this uh, bit of a bit of a nosy story, this one.
2: Yes, and some good news for a change. Let's have a good news yes. story, shall we? It's on the uh, israeli dot com. Says that uh, British Airways in- unveils clown plane and the UK airline teams up with Comic Relief a Medical Aid Group giving passenger plane a clown nose for the Red Day fundraiser uh, and it's part of the company's partnership with a medical relief non-governmental organisation looking to raise awareness for its fundraising campaign. Uh, British Airways repainted one of its Airbus A320 jets including red paint on the nose cone to give the appearance of a clown's red nose to raise the profile of the on- Ongoing fundraising campaign launched by the Comic Relief aid organisation. In addition to the clown plane, British Airways will be handing out red clown noses at airport terminals in exchange for donations. Comic Relief says it hopes that the partnership with BA will bring at least £25 million, that's $33 million, uh, by its Red Nose Day event. At the end of 2020, uh, the money raised by BA for comic relief thus far has gone for a variety of medical treatments and preventative care, including vaccinations for children in sub-Saharan Africa, treatment to prevent the transmission of HIV to newborn children and funding for health care and education for homeless children in India. So that is uh, some very really positive news there. That's a, a nice story, I think. Isn't
0: it? Absolutely. What do you think of the red nose on that 320 now? It's, it's quite bright, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it looks Pretty, like it's very, very um, it exceeded its maximum speed, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, they've done a nice job of that. Very good. Can you yeah. imagine the whole aircraft painted that colour red? Th- that could be a bit a, s- a step too far. Maybe. Wow. But, uh, no, it's good. Nice. No, it's good.
1: Yeah, uh, the, the, uh, this, the, the, with the Israeli uh, news covering it as well, is it's, it's the, the slight misunderstanding of what Red Nose Day is all about as well I can't help but find slightly amusing. Mm. It's... Uh, yeah, medical aid group. It's a little bit more than that, but... <laughs> That's good.
0: Yeah. So next story, moving on. Armando, this uh, this one... Well, this another rather interesting paint job.
3: Yeah, this is from Derbyshire Live uh, News Online. Or Darby, or it's the Uk. The Japanese airline has taken delivery of an aircraft dubbed the Flying Turtle that is powered by engines produced by Darby's own Rolls-Royce. At a handover ceremony this week, uh, all Nippon Airways, or ANA, received the first of three Airbus A380 aircraft that it had ordered, uh, all powered by Rolls-Royce Trent 900 engines. ANA intends to start using the aircraft from May 24th operating services between Tokyo and Honolulu. To mark the link between the, with the Hawaiian capital, each aircraft will feature a special livery depicting the Hawaiian Green Sea Turtle, also known as the Honu. Uh, at this week's delivery ceremony, which was held at Airbus's Toulouse headquarters in France, the first aircraft was handed over to a That aircraft had a blue turtle livery, which uh, if you put up the pictures, it is beautiful. I can't imagine how much paint went into that. Yeah. But the, the second will be green and the third will be orange. Wow. Let's see. It kind of goes on to talk a little bit about the recent or the current events with the A380 uh, ending deliveries, and, uh, yeah, I just think it's a, it's a beautiful airplane. Can't wait. So
1: is, is this, is it, again, apologies, forgive my ignorance here. Is this a paint job or is it a wraparound, as they call it, where it's had a, a sort of like a vinyl sort of put on I it? I guess I, it must be a
0: paint it job. It must given. be a paint, but, I mean, to, yeah. to, to get the detail that they've got in that would have took, yeah. took some serious, some masking, serious skill. Yeah, some masking tape to um, yeah. get all the edges and stuff. It's amazing what, what they can that? do.
3: Was the High fly one, was that a paint job or
2: was that a vinyl? It looked like a paint job, I must say, when we saw it. Yeah. Uh, it did look good. Look, uh, yeah, but uh, beautifully done as well, just, just like this one too.
3: Yeah,
1: Great. I, I, I love it when they do stuff like this. It's so nice to see things different, isn't it?
3: Hey, I suppose when you're talking about paint and livery, the A380 is really good for that with those big... Oh, plenty, know, of yeah. <laughs> yeah. plenty of room.
1: Yeah. Plenty of room for a decent paint job, yeah. Absolutely.
0: So the next story is on the simpleflying.com website. And the headline, could Qatar Airways be, or Qatar, or Qatar, Qatar whatever yes. be uh, <laughs> by struggling Malaysia? Airlines so as the Malaysian government mulls the sale of the flag-carrying airline Speculation about which carrier Qatar are looking to invest in is growing Malaysian Airlines seems an ideal acquisition for the Middle East carrier, but it would uh, but it, Would it be allowed uh, to do it and are uh, the uh, middle uh, Middle East carriers even more? Malaysian Airways even for sale. I didn't know they were for sale. The future of Malaysian Airlines hangs in the balance with the airline making a massive loss last year. The government has been considering where it should go next. Should they throw more money at it or cut their losses and close it down entirely? Or like so many others, should it be sold off to a rival airline? With a big fleet of aircraft and a foothold in one of the fastest growing aviation markets in the world, the prospect of a sale has clearly attracted attention. The Malaysian Prime Minister is quoted as saying that there are local and foreign firms expressing interests in the airline. Uh, could one of these foreign firms be Qatar? Uh, the Malaysian government is currently considering the future of their flag-carrying airline and Prime Minister Matara Mohamad has said that he is considering whether to invest or sell the uh, or close the airline after another year of failing to turn a profit. The airline is troubled uh, a few years over the past with one aircraft vanishing, as we all know, over in the Indian Ocean, and another one shot down over eastern Ukraine. Subsequently taken over by Kazan National, the sovereign wealth fund, the airline is suffering a loss and failing to show themselves as a sustainable business. Uh, they have had money injected uh, into investments, amounting to... Uh, 6 billion uh, RM, that so must be their their currency, whatever that is there, but it works out at $1.47 billion in 2014 with a view to making the airline profitable by 2017. However, last year they reported losses of $1.5 billion demonstrating that their five-year turnaround plan is failing. Malaysian Airlines Chief Revenue Office in Guasong said the carrier had been working on its effect, uh, or efficiencies and had made improvements despite what it says on paper speaking to the Malaysian Reserve, he said. With the future in jeopardy, could Qatar Airways step in with an acquisition offer for the carrier? That would be kind if they did actually to save the carrier. But uh, both Qatar and Malaysian Airlines are one world members. Uh, But as we know, Qatar have been making noises about leaving the alliance for quite some time. Should they indeed split, having an airline like uh, Malaysian on the books would give them a firm footing in the rapidly growing Southeast Asian market. Already, Qatar have holdings in IAG, Cathay Pacific and LATAM, giving them some standing in Europe, Asia and South America. With Malaysian Airlines proximity and slots in the Antipodean region, it would be a huge benefit to the airline to get a piece of that action. Well, it wouldn't surprise me no, if Qatar did snap them up. Mm, um, it's obvious, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone sees Emirates as being the, you know, the 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 leader in the Middle East kind of uh, region for airlines, and I think mm. if Qatar did snap someone like Malaysian up, yeah, they'd be biting on the heels of Emirates. They right?
2: would. Uh, and some supplemental news there: uh, the Mal- Malaysian currency is called the Ringgit. The Ringgit.
1: Wow. As in. Wow. Ringgit. Ring give it a ring. Yeah. A absolutely. Ring. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> It's is, is it, it, how how does the currency compare to to, to like ours? It's uh, I don't know. Is it's it, probably is one, it one million the, you know to a, to a, to a pound or something pound, silly? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> So a, so the next story uh, to moving on, Matt. Oh, uh, a, I've got, right. Yes, sorry. It's a bit of a feel good story. This one for you, Matt, because it concerned. I think I put found this story this week online. I just thought this is pretty awesome because we've covered stories in the past on the show of families. Uh, getting the chance to fly on the flight decks together on airlines. Yeah. But this one, this one's nice, don't you
1: think? It is, yeah, absolutely. So this is, sorry, I'm, I'm doing it on my phone, so I'm having a, a spot of trouble with this. Uh, it's the Telegraph uh, website, and the headline is, UK's youngest female pilot, 16. 16? To be mentored by EasyJet Captain, as airline aims to attract more women. So the youngest female pilot is to be mentored by an e-jet captain to help her choose between a life as a stunt or commercial flyer. (laughs) Well, it's an unusual choice. We'll uh, come back to Armando for comment on that in a moment. Uh, Ellie Carter uh, made headlines in January when she flew a light aircraft alone just three days after her 16th birthday. As she continues to explore the field of aviation, she will now be mentored by a female captain at the airline as part of its efforts to attract more women to become professional pilots. Ellie from Great Torrington Devon said I've been interested in physics and powered flight from as young as I can remember. Flying absolutely amazes me and continues to surprise me and so I can see how rewarding a career as a pilot could be. Becoming a a U2 Dragon Lady pilot which is part of a secret aerial reconnaissance squad in the US Air Force, a stunt pilot or a piloting instructor are all areas of interest Ellie will be exploring over the next yeah. This is this sounds like the ultimate work experience, doesn't it? It <laughs> sounds so cool. I hope that my story will encourage young girls to accomplish whatever they set their mind to, because if I can do it, so can they, she said. I'm overwhelmed with the support I've had from the public and ecstatic that EasyJet have offered me this rare opportunity which will help me on my way to pursuing the career of my dreams. I really cannot wait to get started. So Zoe Ebri, who is EasyJet training captain and Ellie's Said it's a fantastic to meet such a passionate young commercial pilot in the making. Ellie's drive, determination, and achievements uh, to date are impressive, and I look forward to helping her more on her amazing journey. Uh, only around five percent of airline pilots across the, U- the world are women. EasyJet is aiming for twenty percent of its new trainee pilots to be women by 2020, up from fifteen percent. In 2017, a poll of 2,000 British parents and children commissioned by the Luton-based carrier indicated that more than a quarter of young girls would consider a career as a pilot. But the survey suggested that more than half, 51% of children, believe their career choices are restricted by gender stereotypes. The figure for their parents was 66%. EasyJet's Director of Flight Operations, Captain David Morgan, said, We want our people to reflect the diversity of the customers we fly and the com- uh, communities in which we operate. And so encouraging more girls and women to take on this hugely rewarding career is an integral part of this. I'm really pleased that we are currently on track for our target of ensuring 20% of our new pilot entrance uh, for women being uh, by 2020. It's a very cool story,
0: isn't it? Being Having the opportunity at that age to um, to do something like this yeah. is, is awesome. I think it's so good. And obviously for youngsters at school now who are maybe you know thinking oh know hey, i want to be a pilot when i grow up you know this is brilliant what do you think armando
3: yeah i think this is great uh, the, so i think the podcasting community so i, I know as i transition from the military into a commercial career i've been listening to a lot of the aviation career podcasts but there's nothing like having somebody that's already in the, in the industry mentoring you and to have a professional pilot mentor somebody this young, thats I think that's a great idea. And I, and I hope this is an idea that sort of catches on mm. where you know some of the youth get get to see the ups and downs of a career. I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's very exciting. It's, uh,
0: I, you know. Do you, do you think given the opportunity, Nev, at a young age, you would have, if you had this opportunity, you would have thought, oh. Oh yeah, I mean, if thing. I had enough, um, skill to pass the exams and and
2: that sort of stuff (laughs) which clearly i haven't and i never did have but uh yeah it's a great opportunity and um yeah i think getting people engaged as as young as you can i think it's absolutely superb yeah yeah really good yeah. yeah
0: Yeah. so the next story is uh, for you Nev and it's a bit of a posh story for you
2: yes which is surprising because it's on the mail online okay. um, oh, they, oh, they no. don't normally do posh do they but, um, <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, but it says that
2: um, living the high life takes on a whole new meaning if you can afford to dismiss first class and opt instead for your very own penthouse in the sky so exclusive are these, are these private suites that only a handful of commercial airlines offer them and those who uh, which do are Uh, constantly endeavouring to come up with new levels of luxury. Holly Willoughby uh, coughed up £19,000 when she flew back to Britain from Australia after her stint presenting ITV's I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, snuggling down in Etihad Airways' three-room suite, complete with a private bathroom. Uh, This week, uh, British Airways unveiled club suites offering passengers in business class a sliding door for maximum privacy, an 18.5-inch TV, very important that, uh, vanity unit, and 40% more storage space. So here's what you can expect at 35,000 feet if comfort is essential and money no object. Mm -hmm. So Singapore Airlines, uh, they've got uh, double beds and total privacy, which is ideal for couples because two suites can be linked to become one huge studio apartment (laughs) with a double bed, rose petals sprinkled at turndown, and a pair of reclining seats upholstered in premium leather by Texas-based uh, Aristo, uh, you'll be on a giant uh, Airbus A380 that softens turbulence, so not a drop of the Krog champagne will be spilt. Uh, there's a proper hanging cupboard and enough room for a yoga session <laughs> before you slip into a pair of pajamas courtesy of French um, luxury brand uh, Lalique. La uh, oh, wow. One TV set uh, sits at the end of the bed, another on the wall. Bose noise-cancelling headphones come as standard. And if you reserve your main course 24 hours before flying, you can pick a signature dish from a roster of celebrity chefs. And uh, the return from London to Singapore, a bargain at 8236 lovely. Pounds. Excellent. I'll, I'll, <laughs> this
0: is my favourite, the next one. Now, on yes. If uh, I had the money.
2: If, it, yeah. if this wasn't enough for you, how about this? On Etihad Airways, you can have a butler to turn oh. on the charm. <laughs> oh, lovely. Um, yes. Your very own Carson there. just Well, yeah. we, we mentioned uh, Holly, Will- Holly Willoughby, who stayed in the, the Etihad's top-of-the-range penthouse, the residence, the only three-room res- uh, suite on a commercial airline. The big draw is the private bathroom with shower, and suites are designed for two people and come with a Savoy Hotel trained butler. Uh, The chef, normally with Michelin star credentials, will discuss what flavors might be appropriate as you fly from one continent to the next. Lanky travellers won't get their feet cold <laughs> uh, in the six foot ten inch beds, and uh, rather than ordering drinks, uh, you are given your own minibar near the thirty two inch flat screen TV. Uh, the bed has the finest uh, Egyptian cotton bed sheets, obviously, and to help with a good night's sleep, there's a, pi- a, me- a sorry a menu of pillow mists and Pulse Point Oils. Uh, Whilst your bed is being made up, a flight attendant will leave a note on the pillow. Often a (laughs) quote from Dr. Seuss, the American children's author, our favourite is, oh, the things that you can find if you don't stay behind. And the cost of this one, a return from London to Sydney, is only
0: £16,550.
5: Is that
2: all?
0: Well, that's marvellous. I mean, there's loads more on here now. It's just, I mean...
2: (sighs) yes there's, there's no shortage of um, you know opportunity here is there um, I'm just going to pick, uh, pick one uh, more from this actually um, B. we'll make it the BA one. actually okay. sure, yes and uh, uh, they've got their mini bedroom suite as I, as I mentioned earlier and uh, they have unveiled their club suite seats for business class travellers complete with mini sliding doors for privacy and that's going to be introduced on the new A350, A-350 aircraft which will be in October of this year and the first route for that will be London to Toronto and London to Dubai. Uh, Perhaps the use of suites is cheeky. The flatbed seats long enough for six foot six passengers are more like small, comfortable, enclosed spaces. But they are fitted out with 18.5-inch TVs, Wi-Fi, vanity units with mirrors and white company toiletries. Uh, There is also 40% more storage than business class customers usually enjoy. Uh, The return from London to Toronto Departing on October the 23rd and returning October the 31st is from £1,783. That's reasonable. Not bad. Well, I'm going to Toronto uh, with Sue in July. and uh, But unfortunately, it won't be on the A350, it'll be oh. on the 777. Oh, oh. Uh, we,
1: we interrupt this very important bro- broadcast for a, an unexpected guest in our studio hey. In, hey. in the States here. we go. Hello.
5: Woo-hoo.
1: Hi. <laughs> hello megan
5: how are you hello good how is everybody
1: oh we are living life's eternal dream as i said at the top of the show uh it's uh uh is it nice having hubby home at long last
3: it's very nice yeah you, you, uh, can, you know armando, you can, t- you, can
1: t- you can tell us the truth it's fine we don't mind
3: so armando <laughs> always says that flying is uh just a bunch of boredom, punctuated by moments of sheer terror.
1: Okay, good. Uh,
3: <laughs> and so I, <laughs> so I feel like living with him finally uh, and adjusting to the married life is like you know just normal routine things punctuated by a moment of romance every now and then Yay. Oh, it's okay. that's <laughs> a family
4: show All right. i can say that's probably probably more information than we needed
1: but thank you uh it's just uh, so, you know, we're gonna get that warning again aren't we on <laughs> <I know. laughs> but anyway uh, it's, oh, it's lovely to see you
3: how many levels of uh, of ratings are there on patreon <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah well on or off it seems certainly from negotiations
0: we've had this week but uh,
1: yeah lots of love
0: in the chat room for
1: Meg yeah. lots
0: of love Thank in the chat room you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is it oh this is so cool so i mean obviously you're going to by, by the sounds of it you're already trying to kill him now that he's uh uh arrived there with all this uh, e- extreme exercise that he's whinging about since the since we started <laughs> he's
3: just a baby i'm also trying to feed him well so right. i don't know if you noticed before the show started yes. he was eating very healthy salad yes however we also have some no, that's
1: quite right absolutely yeah he, he's been
2: very undernourished since he's been in the uk as, as yes, you may have
0: noticed, so. yes, i'll tell you yeah. what meg you, you should have seen the sight the sheer size of the salad that he had with us a few weeks ago back here
3: exactly thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you carlos <laughs> that's, that's exactly
1: uh, right yeah <laughs> okay so for yeah.
3: T- tony s yes, and uh in the chat room is saying goodbye, Armando. We found your replacement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Bye <laughs> bye. Yeah, you lasted
1: about five weeks. Well done.
3: Uh... <laughs> anyway, go- going back to the story, it's yeah. funny because she came in right at that, uh, at that, at that story as we were looking at the pictures, and it's funny because I was like, well, I don't know. I've never seen the the front of an airplane. I've never seen any of these suites in person. So for the for the low low price of you know sixteen thousand pounds, I'm sure we could. Take a trip
1: to Tokyo in one of these nev didn't uh, uh, sort of talk about this but the, the this is the suite that uh, uh, this was again on the Daily Mail this is actually the emirates so this is yeah. the bar upstairs which just looks absolutely amazing um, along with the bathroom and stuff like that i mean it's just it's like a it, well I mean hotel is is not not a, a fair comment is it i mean these are these are whole other world type sort of things it's just yeah. I, and obviously presumably you're paying even more than you would be for just you know seat 1a essentially with with stuff like this I, i'm guessing nev i don't know if this is uh
2: well you know it's uh yeah i think it's a nice job actually of of those uh suites but uh to be honest with you bae had to do something because trying to compete with the the middle east the carriers boys, especially yeah. uh they've yeah. been bit behind the curve for some time indeed so, yeah, yeah.
0: It is not. Nice. We did
1: well there to wrestle that back into aviation related I content. Know, well done, I children.
0: Know. A little round of applause for us all, I think. <laughs> yes. We'll leave the next story for me I guess. One. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: yeah, absolutely. The next story is uh yes. Uh who's goes it? This now? is this is Armando's story. It is, as yes, well, yeah. we'll go. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah, so this is from simplifying.com, and I guess this is the reason we do a podcast because I'd never seen this aircraft or ever heard of this aircraft, but uh Let's see, many people have heard the tale of how the Airbus A380 came to be. Airbus believed that the future in air travel was hub to hub, and the plane of the future would be that large capacity. A380 with enough room for hundreds of passengers. Boeing, on the other hand, believed in direct routes between destinations, and therefore focused on smaller, more fuel-efficient aircraft. We, of course, know how this turned out for both companies. But did we know that there is actually a third option? Introducing the Sukhoi KR-860, the gigantic Russian answer to the A380 and the equivalent of doubling down on red, the aircraft took the hub-to-hub model to the extreme. Uh, It was revealed at the 2001 Paris Air Show, the Sukhoi KR-860, four-engine, double-decker, similar to the A380, uh, direct translation of its name, Krillia Rossi, means the wings of Russia, with 860 referring to how many passengers it could carry. It was under the development from Sukhoi, Russian aerospace firm that also builds a multitude of fighter jets for the military. The aircraft itself was never built, but a 124 scale model was created to showcase their future concept. Um, It had three variants, a passenger variant, a cargo variant that could hold rail cars and cargo containers, and a liquid gas variant used to transport products from oil fields. The liquid gas could have also been used to power the airplane instead of jet fuel, meaning the flight would have been free for the airline. And the article goes on to uh, describe some of the specs for it. It had planned on power, uh, Pratt & Whitney engines or General Electric engines, and uh, between 860 and 1,000 passengers in an all-economy configuration Ooh, that
1: sounds cozy yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah right um, the designers intended for the lower deck to be 12 abreast seating with 3 aisles which would have been a first in commercial air travel and the upper deck having 9 abreast seating with 2 aisles uh, yeah just a, an amazing airplane um, I'd never heard of it very cool good find
0: one of the pictures on the website has got the tile end of the aircraft and according to this it's got a rear escalator not oh. stairs <laughs> an actual escalator ah. that's just crazy wow okay but i mean if this thing ever comes uh to uh you know to actually be built uh it's, it's gonna be one heck of an aircraft i mean a capacity of up to a thousand passengers can you imagine the boarding and and um you know process on that aircraft
3: it's yeah like, it it, it. It would have been a, <laughs> revolutionary, as we tend to say on the podcast, but <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking at some of the further pictures down and the folding wing concept that Boeing now has on the 777, uh, except this, this also had a folding wing, but it went all the way to that sort of outboard engine. So, I, mm. you know, taking a wild guess, it probably would have been 10, 12 meters of folding wing, which would have been interesting to see also. <laughs>
1: There's, there's a lots of amusement in the chat room about how much Armando was blushing earlier during the, uh, <laughs> at the top of that well, story. Let me
3: adjust the colour on the camera. Uh, is it? Right. It's okay. my internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We're not
0: believing you.
3: <laughs> anyway, right, Carlos, what's yes, next, please? The
0: next one, next story is on the uh, pressandjournal.co.uk website. And uh, we're back in the UK for this story. This one is Barra Airport, among the world's most scenic of airports. And uh, with its spectacular beach landings, it's a bucket uh, list flight for thousands of passengers every year. And now Barra Airport in the Outer Hebrides has been named as among the world's most scenic airports. Barra came in second on the list of top ten, topped by Donegal Airport in Ireland, uh, with Nice Cote d'Azur in France, uh, third in a poll by private jet company Private uh, Barra, who won the award in 2012. American broadcaster CNN also highlighted Barra on the list, saying the view on the approach to Scotland's Barra Airport, which offers stunning coastal views, just missed out on the number one spot coming in second place. A panel of travel experts and aviation fans participated in the annual poll, which featured 129 different airports around the world and received over 7,000 votes of barra private fly said that voters have praised the quirky nature of the magnificent views coming in and going out of, onto a sandy beach it's a joyous experience from start to finish just wonderful they said uh, while another added that the approach to barra airport is awesome superb views over the uh, over to sky and the small isles then seeing the causeway between eriskay and south east uh, coming over the sand dunes to land on the beach at barra is a totally new unique experience Beats it every nothing beats it every time. Uh, Barra, which celebrated its 80th anniversary in 2016, is believed to be the only airport in the UK that officially has three designated runways, but only one when uncovered by the sea. So they do give a list here of uh, the top ten most scenic airports uh, for this year. Um, number ten, it's uh, oh, I don't we say Ooster Ooster Airport in Italy jenny from rome will probably be having a go at me about that yeah there'll be, they'll oh, be emails yeah uh, <laughs> number nine it's uh, one of pip's favorites london city airport in the uk here uh, number eight is toronto billy bishop in canada uh, number seven is queenstown airport in new zealand uh, number six Saba airport in the netherlands uh num- oh, it's netherlands antilles there we go uh, number five saint martin obviously we all know that we've heard of that where the aircraft flying over the uh, over the sand and uh, number four orlando uh, orlando melbourne international airport usa uh, number three nice airport or nice in france oh. uh, number two as you said barrett airport in scotland and obviously as we said in the top place donegal airport in ireland now you've been to ireland a million times matt have you um been sit, seen donegal airport uh
1: to be fair i i was never looking out of the window because oh, okay. so i was so terrified I just never <laughs> never in a million years you played
0: a the video there actually mate you've got the video on the uh youtube for you guys watching mm. beach landings i quite like the idea of
1: that yeah absolutely. i should just say the copyright on that is uh, sam Chewy. by the way that's, we've uh, had that's sam the on guy. the show yeah we have had Sam. we've had sam on the show, he's, on the show uh, yeah he's the guy that uh, that took that amazing video it, it, it's great isn't it it's uh I, I have, it's I right do, up there. Did I see, did I see <laughs> something on Twitter though? And I think I mean there was a couple of various pod- podcaster slash captains who uh, who were commenting on it. it it's like the, 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 what, what's the one you were talking about the, the, where they do those very extremely low beach landings? Oh, Saint Yeah, yeah. Martin, I mean, yeah. there's something about that where my heart literally jumps into my mouth when they're doing it because one of those days, some of these pilots, I can't help but feel almost Misjudge. like they're showing. Show. <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Where they're sort mm. of. Showing off, basically, and as I say, you just one of these days they're not set. The somebody's going to get that wrong, and uh, it'll spoil it for everyone. Do you know what I mean? But then, and then the people are as bad because I mean they really shouldn't put themselves in that. I mean, if I see
0: one of those things coming anywhere, I'm running half a mile away. Never mind. <laughs> it's never that's, mind. That's why because... I love the air, the airport lands Lanzarote because the aircraft flies straight over your head, and you can stand. It's, it's a bit like Saint Martin, mm. right? Okay. As okay. yeah,
3: you guys continue to plan the three hundred show whatever comes of that planning this is a great list for us to go back down to the folks at uh, at uh, in London with the simulator and Ooh. we can all just have a go at each one of these and, and have the most <laughs> oh that's an idea isn't it <laughs> oh we could,
0: uh, could all just go out and do a live show from Lanzarote from the uh, now approach, that's my kind of game. Yeah, yes. I like the
2: sound of that. Yeah, yeah. How do, how,
1: yeah, how much have we got in the
0: budget, Carlos? Uh, <laughs> probably enough for a glass of scotch. Oh, excellent. Okay.
3: Oh, <laughs> I'll start working on painting the room green, so we can put the green screen behind yeah. it. Brilliant! Yeah. I like the oh,
1: idea. Well, yeah. That. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. This sounds like the uh, uh, 300 Lanzarotti. Apparently, Lee's just text me. I don't know what that means. <laughs> 300 showing Lanzarotti.
3: Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Yes, maybe, maybe. You yeah. maybe.
1: You never know. you never know. I need to start listening to our own show, don't I? Sorry. So, Matt,
3: <laughs> as a foreigner living in the UK, every time I came into Heathrow on the Westerlies. I I loved I was glued to the window and I, I don't know why I'm taking pictures but I continue to take pictures because that approach coming in and you're and you're you just see all of London in whatever weather it mm. was always amazed me. I loved coming in into London.
1: Yeah. Okay. If you, <laughs> yeah. that, I mean, there is. Uh, especially I like leaving. Well, I like <laughs> leaving London yeah. or the UK. Well, wait, wait, but uh, but you, I know what you mean though, because when when flew into to Stansted, when when been out to Italy, and obviously it was a daytime flight. It's one of the first times that it'd been daylight when we coming in, and because I was feeling a little bit braver and stuff, and I was literally looking out the window, and you know, just sort of, it, it did look. This sounds terrible, but you, you know, if you've ever watched EastEnders. Oh, and yeah, you've got yeah, the yeah. opening the, titles the and you essentially got that. Yeah, they're blessed. Like I'm under i Megan are literally shrugging their shoulders. Extenders. The it's uh, like it's
0: like a it's like a uh, 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 Sierra Hotel India Tango version of Cheers.
3: Okay. Yeah. We'll add it to our uh our online streaming list. Oh god oh god, no, 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 don't, 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 no, yeah, no, yeah. no, absolutely. Okay.
1: Uh, anyway, yeah. that that yeah. map you are sorry <laughs> again what did you
3: say yeah based on that reaction i've immediately already removed it from excellent our- good idea
1: yes very wise uh the, the, yes the 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 but the at the beginning of the, the opening title sequence you'll find that river on youtube thames, is really yeah. interesting it, it is like a like an over it's like almost like a google earth type sort of view above of uh, where you follow the line of the river thames as it goes through london and you can see things like the london eye and and stuff like that and so to actually fly sort of coming into Stansted as you're flying over that sort of you know part of London to, to come in is, is one of the few times where I've actually looked out the window and thought do you know what actually this is quite cool this is quite cool and I dare say flying into London City must be quite an
0: experience. Actually Nev no, you've, you've had you've had a, quite an interesting uh, experience flying into Gibraltar haven't you because that's, yes, that's a, uh, it's a bit of a different
2: yeah, it's always nice and um, you never quite know what the weather's going to do in, in Gibraltar but when, it's, when it's a bit windy, you can end up going around or you can end up in Malaga, <laughs> depending yeah, on well, the, yeah. how you get on. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's um, always a little bit challenging because of the uh, the rock and, and the wind patterns and it's only a 6,000 feet runway, so you can't really... And in, the main in, road really that around. goes through them. It does, well, but of course, yeah. all that's going to finish soon because they will have finished the, oh, the tunnel. tunnel. Yeah. Um I don't know it's been going on for a long time now when I went to interview the head of ATC I think they were talking about it was going to be finished at the end of uh, this year I think it is but uh, I need to keep up with the news on that but uh, that will help a lot and it'll be I mean they can able be able to operate a, a large number of aircraft in, into the airport
0: cool. And talking about a large number of aircraft Matt the next story uh, is this on the International
1: Flight Network yes. website? Is it? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sorry. It's good. I'm having to, do, for reasons I won't go into, I'm having to use my phone at the moment, so I'm, it's difficult to have the show notes up. And and Carlos will use any excuse to slag off my iPhone, so we won't we won't, we won't go into into that. Anyway, International Whoa. Flight Network, IFN dot news is the website, and the headline is uh, Qatar, Qatar. What? How? 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 Have we settled Cutter. on Qatar? Pardon
0: Qatar. <sife novelty> wow. No, great. Mexico. That's, no, no. No, that's that's horrific. Yeah. So Qatar. is it Qatar? Qatar. 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 Qatar.
1: Qatar. 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 Okay. Qatar. I think we're
3: just <laughs> our audience and yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah. the
1: airline beginning with q yeah okay yeah no, i can't get away with that can i anyway so we'll say qatar sorry, grant will no doubt tweet us uh, when this or goes out yeah or yeah that is to the correct pronunciation because I, we did have a very thorough uh di- um uh, explanation didn't we from from uh grant about how it should be
0: said but uh, anyway apparently james tyler in the chat room has said it is definitively cat r qatar. Qatar. qatar qatar yeah okay so we'll go with that uh
1: Uh, For for the Qatar uh, Airways adds 250th aircraft to its fleet. So Qatar Airways has uh, taken delivery of its 250th aircraft, an Airbus A350-900. The brand new airplane has been registered as Alpha 7 Alpha Mike Indigo. Is that right? Well done thank you uh, it's, India. Was it's on... India but doesn't matter <laughs> what sorry it's India but doesn't matter is it carry on, right. so carry so on. Did... anyway uh, India okay and was ferried from <laughs> Hey, that wasn't bad come on no <laughs> uh, and was ferried from Airbus production site in Toulouse to Doha on oh, I've been to Toulouse I don't know if I mentioned that uh, as of March the 20th the fleet of Qatar Airways consists of 203 passenger aircraft 25 cargo and 22 executive jets the fleet of more than 200 passenger aircraft in includes aircraft types from manufacturers, Airbus and Boeing. On cargo services, Qatar Airways Cargo operates two Boeing 747-8 freighters, uh, 15 Boeing 777 freighters and eight Airbus A330 freighters. Furthermore, Bombardier, or Bombardier, as I like to say, and uh, (laughs) Gulfstream planes are part of the executive jet fleet. In addition to that, the national airline of the state of Qatar has more than 170 aircraft on order, including including large orders for the Airbus A321neo, A350-1000, which is one of the aircraft I'm pretty sure that myself and Owen got to see when we were uh, at Toulouse, Uh, an amazing looking aircraft actually, Uh, as well as Boeing's 777-8, 777-9 and the 787-9 airplanes. Compared to other Gulf carriers, Qatar Airways is currently the second largest airline based on the total fleet size. So what's the first largest one then? emirates
0: oh it is, emirates, the, is it? Yeah, the, the biggest
1: It's one, the yeah. big big one is it okay yeah, yeah. but uh yes yeah, so well congratulations uh, to qatar for their 250th aircraft
0: and not forgetting as well uh qatar were the launch customer for the a350-900 and dash 1000
1: yeah okay yeah very cool very cool indeed
0: so moving on to the next story then nev and uh, nice story this one It is, yeah, and it's on the uh,
2: WSBTVAtlanta.com website and uh, it says that uh, uh, family goals, mother and daughter pilot Delta flight from Los Angeles to Atlanta. And uh, uh, a photo taken of a mother and daughter on the flight deck of an Atlanta-bound Delta Boeing 757 has gone viral. Uh, The duo, Captain Wendy Rexon and First Officer Kelly Rexon, can be seen, seeing, smiling, ear to ear at the helm of the dual-engine Boeing 757, which seats around 170 passengers. The photo was taken by Dr. John R. Watret, the Chancellor of Embry-Riddle Worldwide a world-renowned aeronautical university who just happened to overhear that there was a mother and daughter flight crew. According to a release from the university, uh, the Chancellor, who was a passenger on the flight, overheard a mother and kids coming from the cockpit talking about the mother and daughter flying the passenger airline. I thought that was amazing. I was in awe and I asked if I could visit them too. This was especially meaningful for him uh, because of Embry-Riddle's commitment to creating more opportunities for women in all areas of the aviation industry, there has to be more diversification in the industry. It's crucial, and one of the key facts we focus on. Uh, when there are more
0: opportunities, everybody wins. Uh, Dr. Watchrit said in the press release. That's nice, isn't it? How cool would that be to have a job where you actually get to do something like this with a, you know, your, your mm. father or your mother or a, mm. a family, a close family member, to uh, to actually, you know, pilot an aircraft? Armando, what do you reckon of this?
3: Yeah, we actually, we saw this article also earlier this week. Um, and it's awesome. It, what, it's, what a happenstance that the chancellor of Embry-Riddle, which is, as they said, world-renowned, but um, what, that gives them an avenue to get this out there. It's super cool. Uh, I don't know if, you know, I agree with him saying that, that diver- diversification is important in the industry, but just from a, a sort of a human story, human standpoint, mm-hmm it's just pretty cool to have mother daughter flying on this on this aircraft it's our family goal yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: definitely (laughs) i I
0: bet you can't wait to get flying with armando hey uh
3: well that's gonna come probably a year or more from now i've got to get training myself from somebody who's not armando (laughs) we don't need any uh marital Argument <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: I, I like your thinking. Good work.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, and and that really does relate to the story. You you oh, when you're studying crew resource management, you're struggling. Not struggling. You're um, <laughs> aspiring to have a good connection between the entire crew. And the few times that we've flown together, we've had a really good time. You know, and and the Lancer that I owned was. A bit of a handful sometimes and it was just nice to have somebody in the right seat and you can talk about any complex aircraft right whether you're talking about a military aircraft but uh but having that connection in 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 the flight deck is really important where things are going smooth and um i think as we look at either purchasing a family airplane or something like that it only makes sense to have megan do her ppl and uh it, it's just going to be really nice to to have a, a full certified co-pilot just like this mother-daughter team for safety <laughs> for safety
1: indeed uh, actually as we're as we're talking about uh, nervous flights uh, somebody uh, who will remain nameless you'll know who it is as soon as i show it's actually certainly this this is this is the this is what i was actually doing this view that i was talking about as we were coming into to land me actually looking out of the aeroplane window on the coming into land which has never ever happened before i
0: can't help noticing as well you, you got the upgraded seats of ryan airman ah uh, yes absolutely yeah. yes that, that, yeah. that, that might have been to do with the person that was sat next to us obviously <laughs> being considered not
1: me i should stress being considered a yeah. responsible member of the community therefore able to operate uh, as required in the event of an emergency so that's the only reason oh,
3: well. I was going to say, if that's you, Matt, I was wondering why you already have one hand on the emergency
1: exit handle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speedy exit, that that's the answer. But uh, yeah, we, we sort of—we—we uh, uh, we started this little hobby uh, last time, but th- this is uh, uh, this is where Owen's actually watching us from. Somebody's uh, set up their uh, cinema at home, look,
0: and is busy watching the show. Uh, on, on the,
1: <laughs> how scary is that? You're, f- you're
0: famous globally now, Meg. I yeah, mean, absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You're literally about this fame <laughs> yeah 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 it's all right dear it won't it won't take very much of your time up i can assure you, you will
0: literally be recognized by no one
3: uh, <laughs> and, uh so we're moving
0: on. on to the last story and uh armando this is this looks pretty damn awesome
3: yeah this is from kgun channel nine news in tucson uh we take modern air travel for granted and maybe even complain about it but we're going to take you back, way back, and up in the air to, these, to the days where air travel was young and a trip in the air was a real adventure. Through the weekend, which it's Sunday now, so uh, there is a plane in Tucson International Airport that flew its first passengers 90 years ago. The Ford Trimotor made it practical to have regularly scheduled airlines in this country, and we had a chance to see what being an air passenger was like in the 1920s. The Ford Motor Company built almost 200 of these tri-motors. The one at Tucson has been flying since 1929. The Experimental Aircraft Association brought the tri-motor to Tucson. This plane has the sort of long and interesting history many tri-motors acquired as more modern airplanes replaced them on prime routes. At 90 years old, it's hardly experimental, but the EAA uses it to get people excited about aviation for fun as a profession. The EAA also has a local Tucson chapter. Pilot Steve Lambrick says the old Ford takes a lot more muscle than the Boeing seven thirty-seven he usually flies. With three engines, it's hard to keep them all in sync. It's loud, it vibrates. It's just early, early technology, early aviation.
4: So not a good flight for Matt.
3: <laughs> no, no, Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, a bolt. <laughs> uh, let's see, Lambrick shows or knows this old plane helped build the industry. He flies in today uh, you know prior to these being built there were mail planes where they would throw where they they would throw a few people in few extra seats uh, maybe three to four or five people would fly with the mail as it was the Fords that saw the need for an airplane that was exclusively for passenger air travel so they decided to build America's first airliner um, yeah it continues to go on I you know if you're listening live in Tucson Today is the last day. You can get out to the Pima Community College Tech Center on the western edge of Tucson International Airport and go talk to those, those guys about taking a flight, which costs about $70, and looking is free.
0: You know, for those of you who uh, will obviously may click on the show notes, when Matt puts the show notes in with the uh, links on the website, if you take yourselves over to the website, uh, where Armando's reading a story from. There's some pictures on the website. Uh, Matt can't put them up at the minute. But if you take a look on the website, this aircraft actually, you know, you talk about a steering wheel. This actually well, has. I mean, the pictures from the website, the website that you keep website yes. mentioning. Yes. <laughs> it's the, uh, the this this aircraft actually has a a wheel, a steering wheel. Oh wow! Oh yeah! Yeah uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, in the cabin, you know, I mean, who who wants kind of pull down shut block you know, shutters when you can have curtains actual pull across curtains and what looks like oil filled lamps on yeah, the side that, of the uh, yeah. side of the actual cabin so
3: I got a chance to see a Ford tri-motor and Micah says he's flown in one. Um, oh wow but I got a chance to see one at the Mid-America flight museum which is in Mount Pleasant Texas and they had a beautiful flying uh, tri-motor there and the woodworking was amazing the seats were wicker it had lamps I mean, talk about first-class travel. Other than the noise and the potential for an oil fire, you have a 33% chance of an oil fire in one of the engines, each single takeoff. But um, but it was so classy.
0: <laughs> it, does look, it does look. We've got nothing like that here in the UK. We? we need to um, need to have something. Well, you the closest, I suppose. We've got the De Havilland, the Dragon Rapide, didn't mm, we, at yes. uh, Duxford, yeah. yeah. which is uh, slightly uh, slim uh, similar in a mm. certain way, but. Oh a good little story that so that brings the commercial news segment of the show to a close coming up next we have got a special segment that has been sent in by Pilot Pip and, uh, Matt, you've, you've had a chance to uh, have a look over this. What's uh, what's Pip chatting about on this segment?
1: Uh, well, uh, I, I won't spoil it uh, for... Uh, I didn't realise you were going to choose me, so hang on. This, oh, OK. It's going to be a bit of a challenge now. <laughs> you, you, you should know the rules by now. <laughs> uh, yes, Sorry, uh, I'll poke you next yeah, time. Yeah, thank you very much. Yes, <laughs> family show. There is... Uh, uh, basically uh, he's uh, taken a, a recent trip to a very cool airport in Switzerland uh, and uh, he's basically he's talking about his time there but uh, if you are watching on YouTube it is worth it there's some great photos uh, that he's included uh, so yes, uh, I'll hand things over to Pip now
3: Plane safety from the flight deck with Pilot Pip
4: Ahoy there mateys, it's Pip here Currently sat in Nice in the south of France, where it's a very pleasant Saturday evening. Uh, quite an easy day for me today. Just one flight, rather unusually. Flew up from uh, Palma de Mallorca, one of my favourite places, where I spent uh, a very nice morning sunning myself, relaxing in the pool, taking a dip in the jacuzzi and sauna. Very nice indeed. You know. One of my favourite things about my job at SafeJets is the huge variety of airports that we fly to. And I've been kind of reflecting on that a little bit recently. You know, we go to all the usual places. I was in Heathrow, for example, the other week. I go to Gatwick, Stansted, this week Munich, Frankfurt, uh, Milan, all the usual big international airports. But also, I go to some really fascinating, smaller airports. I, at the end of last year, I went through my logbook and just was curious to see how many airports I flew to last year. And I totaled up 127 different airports, which I think is phenomenal. And I really enjoy that. I enjoy going to new places and and seeing new things, having adventures. You know, we tend to go to a lot of the same places, Paris, for instance, Nice, where I am now. We come here an awful lot but every so often we go to an absolute gem uh, and this week was uh, a very special one we flew never been there before but we flew to somewhere in switzerland called i'm not quite sure how to pronounce this called boch or boch b o u c h near the city of lucerne in the middle of switzerland absolutely stunning now um You may know this airport is in fact the factory and main headquarters of Pilatus aircraft. You know, they produce the PC-12, they do some nice aerobatic aircraft, they make some things for the Swiss Air Force. And just recently they've started production of the PC-24, which is a twin jet aircraft. Looks suspiciously like my uh, Embraer Lemon, suspiciously like it. I wonder where they got the plans for that. It's a nice aircraft, but it's an absolutely gorgeous airport. Uh, now, hopefully, I've been able to send in some photos to accompany this little segment. So maybe Matt's putting them up on the, the screen right now. But uh, Bösch, or boch. it's uh, right out in the middle of the Alps. Visually a stunning place to go, but actually quite tricky to get into. Uh, a cheeky little monkey of an airport, actually. The airport is surrounded on all four sides by quite high terrain, uh, up to 7,000 feet off to the west and about 5,000 feet to the east, so there's no straight-in approaches there and no IFR approaches either, so you have to make a visual approach, and that's one of the things I, I really love. Uh, you know, really getting back to basics, flying the aeroplane, visual flying. So the way we get in there, uh, we I think we were coming down from, I think we were coming down from Frankfurt, just a positioning flight, so quite a short one. It was a beautiful day, clear blue skies, not a a cloud up there, so ideal weather for flying. Uh, we flew down, heading down from Frankfurt, heading south, and at a certain point we enter a hold, and then descend in a hold. Down to a lower altitude, five thousand feet, something like that, where we're able to cancel IFR and proceed VFR. So it means we're no longer relying on instruments to fly; we're visually navigating and visually flying with reference to the to the outside world. Now there is an RNAV approach actually, or an RNAV procedure, initial approach into this airport, um, but it's it's technically only. Uh, authorized for the Pilatus aircraft that are based there, and for the Pilatus pilots. But there's nothing wrong actually with visually following the RNAV, so that's what we did um, initially. Cancel IFR, then we can visually follow this short procedure, which just takes us around a few valleys um, to get into a position whereby we can start a visual approach. And that's where it becomes really exciting. Um, Really just a gorgeous view out the window. You have to fly this kind of weird reverse S pattern, round uh, a big kind of lump of rock up the lake and then round another big lump of rock onto a a short final for this airport. So quite challenging, but an awful lot of fun. Maybe I'll also include here the approach chart so you can have a a look on the screen if you're watching the the video version of this podcast. Uh, In some ways, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Gibraltar. The fact that it's got some pretty large lumps of rock dotted around it but also it has a, a public road that crosses it at about two-thirds of the way down that's kind of interesting so air traffic control have to temporarily close this road by means of a, a barrier and some traffic lights but there's also some public walkways footpaths i, I did notice a few people out pushing um, prams with kids in and walking their dogs so that's A kind of an unusual challenge to have to contend with. So you do need to have your wits about you. And for visual approaches generally, not just for this one, it was particularly challenging, but visual approaches are um, something that you need to give a little bit of thought to. I was reading a thing the other day, one of our safety publications from SafeJets, and they were quoting a study, made by ICAO, the International Civil Aviation Organization, or something like that, a study that they made a few years ago. And they said that straight-in IFR approaches were 25 times safer than visual approaches. I kind of raised an eyebrow at that figure. I don't really know where they got that from or even quite what it means. But um, it, it does go to highlight the fact that visual approaches and circling approaches are a kind of a different kettle of fish, another beast altogether. And it's not something we do an awful lot of. We tend to be flying, and certainly in this part of the world anyway, we tend to just fly a, an ILS, straight in ILS, or an RNAV approach, or, or some other instrument approach. And there is another set of skills that we need to practice and maintain when, you know, when we're flying visual approaches and circling approaches. Uh, I think we were talking the other day in one of the, the Twitter chat rooms, and perhaps even they mentioned it on the APG, there was a, a crash some time ago at Teterborough in New York, a Lear 35, um, in a lovely clear blue day, somehow managed to make such a mess of their circling approach that they lost control of the aircraft and crashed in ideal conditions. And, and really, there's no no excuse for that. So I've mentioned a couple of different things there and it's probably just worth clarifying the difference between them. So I've talked about a circling approach. So a circling approach is a visual maneuver. It's still an IFR procedure, so you're still on an instrument flight plan. If you like you could say it's the extension, it's the visual extension of an instrument approach. So um, and you could follow an ILS down to a circling minima to one runway and then you would circle onto another runway or the opposite end of that runway or in the case of the Teterboro crash that I just mentioned they were making an ILS approach onto one runway and then making a visual sidestep onto uh, another offset runway and when you're flying that sort of an approach you have two different minima's that you need to consider you have the ILS minima if that's the approach you're flying or the VOR whatever that procedure is you have one minima and that's generally lower than the circling minima so you're going to have to stop at the more restrictive one which is generally going to be the circling minima and it's quite interesting when you get into the nitty-gritty and you and you look at how these approaches are designed Uh, there's a couple of different criteria that they use for building these approaches in some parts of the world most notably the states and other uh, areas which are based on the US way of doing things, they use something called TERPS, T-E-R-P-S, I don't remember off the top of my head what that stands for, but they use TERPS procedures. Uh, but more common in this part of the world in Europe is PAN OPS. You don't need to worry about what the difference is, but it's, it's two different protocols, two different sets of methodology for designing and building uh, approaches. But typical circling approach when you're looking at terrain clearance for example, if you go down to the minima you might only have 300 feet of vertical terrain clearance within um, 1.7 miles of the runway for my category of aircraft, which isn't much at all. In this part of the world we tend to use approaches which are designed under PANS OPS, a slightly more terrain clearance with a slightly larger protected area around the airport. But that's a circling approach which to emphasize again it is a visual maneuver but it's still a part of an instrument approach so you're required still to be within visual contact with the terrain with the airport with the runway and then you've got a vfr approach which is what we did into this airport uh, yesterday so a little bit different this time because you don't have set um, minimas to fly to you're not following any sort of artificial guidance although you may well and probably should have uh, guidance, ILS guidance or whatever as a backup or like we were doing visually following an RNAV procedure but we're now down to to basics it's the pilot responsibility for terrain clearance for traffic avoidance and you may well not have any ATC uh, interaction as such so uh, when we were flying into this airport it was a there's a tower there, but it's not a, a full tower service. It's just an information service. So the guy in the towers, he's not clearing you to land or take off. It's it's at pilot discretion. So a lot more onus on the pilots and the crew for, um, you know, decision-making, navigation, deconfliction, all of that stuff. And the point that this article that I was reading was, was making, it was saying that a lot of these Skills and practices and procedures are kind of getting forgotten about as we find ourselves in an environment where we're just flying one instrument approach after the other all day long. You know, four, five times a day, ILS after ILS. And of course, you've all heard this before. We've said it so many times on the various podcasts, but it's so important to regularly practice those basic flying skills to disengage the autopilot to look out the window fly manually and more importantly enjoy flying it that's why we got into this business in the first place wasn't it to fly airplanes so for me it was a, a real pleasure this week to be able to fly in somewhere like that to hand fly the aeroplane to look out the window and then just enjoy enjoy the, the world enjoy the aeroplane enjoy the feeling of being in control and looking out the window at some absolutely stunning scenery before i go uh, if matt's nev or carlos hasn't already mentioned it we are hoping to have a bit of a uk podcast listener stroke bffs meet up in well possibly over at the imperial war museum at duxford but that's yet to be decided but the date to put in your diaries is sunday the 12th of may so keep it free We'd love to see and uh, meet some of you maybe over at Duxford. But listen out for more information in future podcasts. But for now, I think that's kind of all I've got to say. So take care and bye See.
1: And yes, he's exactly right. We are planning to go to Duxford. Off, uh, yes. What was the date again? Sorry, I missed that. <laughs> Sunday the 12th of May. Yeah, that's it. That That is our plan is to head over to Duxford for Sunday the 12th of May. If you... Uh, uh, we advise uh, that you book your tickets in advance because it's much cheaper. Actually, if you save yourself a couple of quid if you book them uh, in advance uh, rather than turning up on spec, um, there's no special event on. Uh, it's just a, a standard meetup, day. Yes. Uh, and it's just a meetup. It's a jolly good excuse to go to an excellent air show and get stuck in. So uh, yeah, so Sunday the twelfth of May, stick those in your, stick that date in your diary. I and shall you can pop make it.
0: a little um, bit on social media for those of you ah, uh, who listen to the audio version. With all the various details and bits on there. So if you want to find or follow us on Facebook or Twitter, yep. uh, you'll see the details on there. And hopefully uh, we can get as many of you across uh, to Duxford as we can. Because yep. it is an awesome
1: place to go. It is fantastic. And, and Armando can vouch for this. You've been several yeah. times, haven't you, mate?
3: Yeah, I try to go two, three times a year. And the last time I was there was Stephen Ivey. And yeah, three hours is not enough. You could spend no. two full days there yeah indeed
1: exactly uh so uh, it is time to we should probably we're hand move well, on. We, yeah we,
0: we're, we must hand the show over to armando right? okay right yeah. yes yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> over to you yeah
3: yeah so that's right this week we do have a few military news stories and if you are ready to go mr nev
2: yes i just about am yes yes yes
3: all right carlos you're ready to go with your new hat on Roger that, sir. <laughs> and lastly, Matt pushing the buttons.
1: Uh, here we go. He's pushing the buttons. Off we go.
3: Yeah, so this first story is from Omaha.com. And I believe that's the Omaha World Herald, the local newspaper. And this is about Offutt Air Force Base. And it goes to say, the US Air Force could not stop the mighty Missouri River from flooding Offutt Air Force Base. Between Saturday night and early Sunday, the 55th Wing called off a 30-hour, round-the-clock, sandbag effort because the floodwaters were rising too fast. It was a lost cause. We gave up, said Tech Sergeant, Rochelle Blake, a 55th Wing spokesman. By Sunday morning, one third of the base was underwater. 30 buildings, including the 55th Wing headquarters and two major maintenance facilities had been flooded with up to eight feet of water and 30 more structures damaged. About 3,000 feet of the base's 11,700 foot runway was submerged. No one, although, had been injured. It was devastating to the 55th Wing, devastating to the installation and its facilities said U.S. Representative Don Bacon, a retired Air Force officer who commanded the 55th Wing in 2011 and 2012. They just took a punch to the gut, but the 55th Wing will get back on its feet. While Sunday, uh, last Sunday, yielded small indications of improvement in some pockets of flooding along the Platte and Elkhorn Rivers, the devastation at Offutt was a signal of tougher times along the Missouri River. Engineers and emergency personnel fixed their eyes on Offutt, uh Bellevue, which is the surrounding town, and the point south as water level rose along the river. A levee near Hamburg, Iowa was uh, topped as a World Herald journalist, journalist looked on. At Offutt, the 55th wing managed to fly out nine of the 33 reconnaissance jets based there Saturday evening, uh, according to the wing commander's official Facebook. Some were flown to the Lincoln Airport and some were flown to missouri i believe um half the base is in crisis mode half the base everything is normal said another spokesman lieutenant colonel vance goodfellow deputy commander for the 55th wings mission support group um let's see often officials could not predict when normal flight operations would resume off it is the training base for the 55th 55th wings 29 reconnaissance jets 4 E four B Night Watch airborne command and control aircraft. The base clearly suffered far greater damage than was inflicted by an E F one tornado that hit the base in June of 2017. That one caused about twenty million dollars in damage and about half of the airplanes parked on the aprons and half of the buildings. So this uh, there was another article that they in the week after the flooding off it has also canceled their uh, air show that was scheduled for June of this year. Kind of a, uh, it attracts about 300,000 people a year and it's, it's been going on for a long time. And then for the Air Force in general, this comes sort of, you know, in 2018, we, we had a lot of damage to Tyndall Air Force Base down in Florida after Hurricane Michael. And the, that, air, that Air Force Base is also being uh, reconstructed, so.
0: Is that a big problem, Armanda, with the flooding in that area? Is that just because of the weather, or is it an issue with no, the— No, so it's—I
3: so it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's common. I think when, back in the 90s, there was a, a fairly significant flood up in North Dakota, um, and I guess sort of by proxy down into Iowa and Nebraska, but uh, no. And, and I've been to Offutt Air Force Base. It's, it's a real hilly area which is probably why uh, the third of the base closest to the river is flooded and the rest of it sits up on a on a bluff but um you know i i I think just natural disasters is something that that you have to sort of plan for but every once in a while devastating events like these floods and and hurricane michael at tyndall and i'm sure you know homestead air force base back in the day was taken almost taken out by a, a hurricane I think that was in the 90s also. Yeah, so it's just something that, that you have to plan for.
0: So moving on to the next story. And uh, Nev...
2: Yes, uh, on the uh, combataircraft.com website, it says that uh, the UK orders Wedgetail airborne early warning aircraft. Uh, British Defence Secretary Gavin Williamson has signed a $1.98 billion deal to purchase five Boeing E-7 aircraft, it's been announced. The E-7 fleet will replace the current Royal Air Force E-3D Sentry aircraft in the airborne early warning and control role. Uh, The aircraft are known as Wedgetail by the Royal Australian Air Force, RAAF. And uh, the deal has been completed on a growing military capability and industrial relationship between the UK and Australia after the Australian government selected the British Type 26 design for its future frigate. Uh, This deal also strengthens our vital military partnership with Australia, says Williamson. We will operate the same state-of-the-art F-35 jets and world-class Type 26 warships. And this announcement will help us work even more closely together to tackle the global uh, threats we face. Chief of the Air Staff, Air Chief Marshal Sir Stephen Hillier, said today's announcement about the procurement of the five E-7 Wedgetail airborne early warning and control aircraft is excellent news for both the RAF and wider defence. This world-class capability, already proven with our uh, rwAF uh, partners, will significantly enhance our ability to deliver decisive airborne command control and builds on the reputation of our E3D Sentry Force. Modification of the aircraft will be carried out in the UK by Marshall Aerospace and Defence Group in Cambridge. And there will also be opportunities for British suppliers to be involved in future training and support arrangements, according to the MOD. The decision to acquire the E7 without an open tender has frustrated other AEW and C suppliers. Uh, A six-month completion, uh, sorry, six-month competition was envisioned envisioned in February 2018, but with the E7 being declared as the only functioning product, this was cancelled. Saab wrote to the House of Commons Defence Select Committee questioning the rejection of its proposal for the REI uh, radar system to be mounted on the Airbus A330. The MOD said that the Wedgetail is a proven and reliable aircraft and that it is ready and available in a short time frame. It combines the A737-700, increased gross weight, fuselage with wings and undercarriage of the 737-800. Uh, Above the uh, fuselage of fixed mounting houses, a uh, Northrop Grumman multi-role electronically scanned array radar. The MOD says that the E-7 is a low-risk, readily available solution to replace the E-3D, which is suffering in terms of operational readiness, having been overlooked for major upgrades. The MOD is specifically working for the Australian Wedgetail Standard Aircraft, rather than the generic E7 or 737 AEW and C. Uh, This is due to a desire to leverage commonality and the huge amount of E7 fault correction work completed by the RAAF which also operates the P8 Poseidon and F35 mirroring the UK. The ability to tap into existing battle space networks alongside F35 and P8 will be a major consideration as it will it is, as it will, existing national security uh, protocols. So the key here is trying to get the thing operational as quickly as they can, yes, by the sounds of things.
0: Now, I saw one of these a few years back at RIAT. Uh, they have one there on static display. Um, but they wouldn't let me on with my um, camera. Oh. cameras and stuff! I don't know why. <laughs> oh,
5: really?
1: Yeah. You, you seem very surprised by that. They wouldn't
0: yeah. let anyone on. To be fair. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. Well, well, at least you weren't well being guarded. personally discriminated. Then, no, no, no. You know. it, it was nice to get up. I was sort of reasonably close to one. Do you way. mean
1: we
5: finally
0: got a situation where your charm and and charisma it would, it was unsuccessful? This is, this these, is. these guys were uh, were just not interested. In not interested you know, at no. all. Have you had a chance to go on board one of these, Armando? Or I will take it probably you you know, not. I'm, I'm, no.
3: I never have. I, um, I see. Actually, the first time I saw it was at Riyadh a couple of years oh, ago. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As you do.
0: But, well, we'll try this year if there's one there this year. Yeah. We'll give it a go. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll name drop Armando that'll right. get on. Yeah,
3: okay. that's, uh, right. Make that's sure not going to get you very far at all yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the next story uh, is uh, regarding an, another aircraft that, I, that we all got up close and personal to at uh, Pittsburgh a few years back and this one is on the aviationist.com the US B-52 bombers belonging to task force deployed to UK perform theatre familiarisation flights across Europe so uh, on March the 18th uh, a US Air Force B-52 bomber deployed to RAF Fairford, uh, up where we are going to react this year, uh, from its home base at Barksdale Air Force Base in Louisiana. Uh, it was uh, spotted refueling from a KC-135R stratotanker over a mania. The aircraft belonging to the second bomb wing is part of a contingent of six B-52 is deployed to the UK as part of a bomber task force rotation in Europe. It's the largest stratofortress deployment since Iraq Freedom in 2003 uh, when there was as many as 17 buffs on the ramp at RAF Fairford. The deployment of strategic bombers in the UK uh, helps exercise Royal Air Force fa- uh, RAF Fairford as uh, United States Air Forces in Europe's uh, forward operating location for bombers. Uh, The deployment also includes joint and uh, allied training in the U.S. as well. European Command Theater to improve bomber inoperability training with uh, joint partners, allied nations and other U.S. Air Force units that contribute to our ready and uh, postured forces and enables us to build enduring and strategic relationships necessary to confront a broad range of global challenges, says a news on the U.S. Air Force Global Strike Command website. The B-52s were deployed to the U.K. on March the 14th and 15th and have started launching local sorties since Friday. On March the 15th, the B-52 flew some 150 kilometers off the Russian border, the Russian Defense Ministry claimed, according to TASS News Agency. On March the 15th, 2019, a U.S. Air Force B-52 aircraft with the transponder switched on, performed a flight over international waters of the Baltic, uh, a sea parallel to Russia's territorial waters. The aircraft had not approached Russia's border, closer than 150 kilometers, and turned around immediately after Russian air fencer systems on combat duty tracked it, the Russian MOD said. B 52s have uh, been quite active this week as well. The heavy bombers have already conducted other. Theatre familiarisation flights, and on Monday this week, when uh, four B-52s were launched over the Norwegian Sea, the Baltic Sea, Estonia, and the Mediterranean Sea, and Greece, and some of them could be tracked online uh, during their uh, tour of Europe using the tracking uh, apps and stuff. Uh, dealing with one spotted over Romania, B-52 uh, 61-0015, using radio call sign Arrow 11, was being refuelled by a KC-135 tanker and uh, the KC-135R could be tracked online while it accompanied the B-52 back to the UK. The six buffs are expected to fly from the Arctic all the way down to the Sahara Desert during their stay in Europe. Uh, So expect more photos and flight tracking opportunities over the coming weeks. Now I know, um, I think it was Jonathan Warner posted a photo or picture, no it was a video on his Instagram uh, uh, um, site. Um, of one of these coming in to RAF Fairford. And uh, it's a pretty awesome video actually, really, really clear video and, um, of this. And I, th- I know that he was um, incredibly excited to see this. I don't know whether he spoke to you about this at all, Armando?
3: He did, he was, he was texting me about it and he was sending me some pictures and um, some of the screen captures here from the plane spotting community. Have, I, won't, I won't say I'm an enthusiast, quite yet but it's really interesting to see how that community tends to track some of these movements and uh it was was really interesting to to watch the community response to these Mm b-52s and there's nothing you know it's it's important to exercise in these areas and like they said going all the way from the high north down to africa is important for the crews and important for the maintenance crews to learn how to work in these environments and yeah, it's uh, yeah. These these kinds of uh, training missions are, are really important, pretty much to everybody. We
0: got remember actually, we got underneath to, one of these, if you remember, at Pittsburgh. Yeah. Do you remember we had a little tour underneath in the uh, Bombay at Pittsburgh? Yeah, I did yeah. actually.
1: Actually, Tony's just saying there was one dropping bombs on our whole beach range a few few days ago. Oh. Yeah. yeah. They're
0: stuff.
3: amazing airplanes, aren't they? Yeah,
0: yeah, they yeah. definitely are, and uh, definitely lasting the uh, the course. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So, next story.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, the next story is uh, uh, on the warbirdsnews.com website, and the headline is B29 Dock Hangar and Education Centre Open to the Public uh, beginning March the 12th. Uh, so, uh, there is, uh, so Doc's Friends, the organisation responsible for restoring, maintaining and operating the Boeing B-29 Super Fortress, known as DOC, has just announced the formal operating hours for their newly opened B-29 dock hangar and education centre at Eisenhower National Airport in Wichita, uh, it Wich- Wichita, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out uh, the details in their press release uh, below to find out when uh, the visitors will be welcome at this fabulous new facility. So, Wichita's B 29 super fortress, known as the Dock, will now be on display for the public with admission access beginning this week at the new B 29 Hangar and Education Center at Eisenhower National Airport at 788S Airport Road. Beginning Tuesday, March the 12th, the B B29 dock hangar uh, and Education Centre will be open for business on Tuesday and Thursday each week from 9am to 2pm and on Saturday from 9am to 1pm when the airplane is not on tour at an air show. Since moving to our new facility in November we've been working through winter maintenance on the aircraft uh, while at the same time putting the finishing touches on our Education and Visitors Centre said Josh Wells, Docs, Friends, Executive Director and uh, General Manager. With winter maintenance complete and the airplane nearly ready to fly, we are excited to open our doors to the public uh, to share the historic marvel that is the B-29. Admission prices will be $10 per person to enter the hangar and visitor centre with an additional $5 admission for a cockpit tour. Family admission up to five people per family will be $20 plus an additional $10 for a cockpit tour. All of the proceeds from the admission fees will go directly to funding the facility and the operation of the B29. Uh, so from the beginning we wanted a facility that would not only serve as uh, a maintenance hangar for our volunteers to maintain the historic warbird but also provide a unique experience for the public to get up close and personal with a piece of our nation's history that put Wichita on the map as the air um, um, sort of a little bit beer, <laughs> sorry, as the air capital of the world. When visitors enter the B twenty nine dock Hangout and education centre, they'll get a one of a kind experience that we hope will educate and inspire the next generation of aviation lovers, while we honour the greatest generation and connect all who visit to Wichita's uh, rich aviation heritage. Well said. I mean, it's a fascinating um, uh, museum, isn't it? Do you know much about this uh, aircraft, Armando?
3: Uh, just, just what they said in there. This is the B twenty nine was instrumental in not just U.S. history but really world history. And for I think forty something years, like forty two years, there was only one flying B twenty nine, which was Fifi. And I remember seeing Fifi at air shows when I was growing up. So for the last, I, I mean, probably ten years or so, they've been trying to get doc in the air. So having yeah. two B-29s in the air is an amazing thing, and, and it's it's all really supported by volunteers and donations. There's no, um, I don't know that there's a private entity supporting this aircraft. So uh, I know if I ever get a chance to be in Wichita, yeah. um, which, which is, an, you know, it, it is the birthplace of American Aviation, I will absolutely take a an opportunity to go by the hangar. If it's yeah. not flying because because it is it, it, it does do an air show. Air shows or, and stuff. Yeah. Tell
0: you what, ten dollars yeah. is, is not bad, is it value, really? Isn't it? Yeah, good value absolutely. for that. Yeah, Five, well, uh, You know, fifteen dollars if you want to go in and have a cockpit visit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot more at somewhere like um, at Duxford, you know, but you, you, even even with a discount, you're still looking at sort of eighteen pounds. But this you? is a
0: so, pretty iconic aircraft, yeah, oh, To it be is. fair, yeah, definitely.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I was flying uh, into Lubbock, Texas, in a Piper Comanche and Doc was coming in there. And that was probably one of the best radio transmissions I've ever heard because I was number two behind a B-29. <laughs> and, and of course it takes the whole 10,000 feet to land and I took about 1,000 feet. <laughs> so the control tower, whatever my call sign was, Comanche, whatever, ever, X-ray, uh, turn left and hold short of the super fortress. And I said, yep. No problem, can do. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Well, whilst the phone was coming out and taking pictures. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
5: well, yeah, yeah. 100%.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely. Wow. So that's where we bring the military news to a close this week. So we're going to start to wrap up the show now for this week. But we're gonna say a big thanks to, uh, to everyone who's uh, joined us today for mm. the show. It's nice to see all the family members in the chat room for uh, an unusual Sunday show for this yeah. week, which has been a bit different, but uh, we thought we'd, uh, yeah, we'd have Nev here, so we'd uh, change the show yeah, to a Sunday, absolutely. so we could, yeah. you not? know, yeah. show Nev the studio. <laughs> and uh, Nev, though, I think one of the big questions we have to ask you is um, uh, what's your view on the cable management here?
2: actually uh from uh, from what I have seen in other people's studios it's not bad, not yeah. bad at all There's some uh, a lot of effort gone h- here into into the whole thing but um, yeah uh, it's obviously a, a there's a lot going on in a relatively small space <laughs> yes so it's, yes. Actually quite it's a work
1: in put. progress to yeah, say it, we're not it, quite it uh looks great actually yeah, we're and, getting uh, no it's yeah.
2: really really nice and uh, yeah i think you two have done a great job to to put it all together i'm right? just grateful For it's me. working yeah,
1: yeah. but uh, your very kind donation has made so, you know, um, this, this has life so you this desk made life so much easier because uh, it's all about me obviously <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. so nice to have faders
2: mm-hmm. I love faders, and also you haven't got to strip it down at the end of every show no, and pack no, it away. No, no that yeah. is nice. we don't miss that, do we, Carlos? No, we, we no, do not. miss that. We really that. do, we do
0: not. not miss that. <laughs> no. So, That's what amazing. about you, Armando? You, you uh, have you got a room penned in the house there for converting into a yeah. studio?
1: I want to know where his is going up. That's yeah. what I want.
3: That's all I care about. <laughs> yeah, we do. We yeah. So Megan works from home. So our home office is. Well, actually, believe it or not, we're going to go to IKEA after this podcast Woo-hoo! and go down there and start getting some ideas, but mm-hmm. I I don't know if it'll be up to the uh, <laughs> NEV quality. Uh, no, studio. nothing
1: is is up to that. No, yeah. no, no, no. Don't, you know, just, you know, accept, accept it for the fact it's just got to work. That's all. Nobody can reach NEV standards. We've all tried and failed, so don't, don't worry about
3: yeah. that. <laughs> no, there, there certainly will be a spot here in the house, but... Uh, hopefully, the content that I'll be able to provide you guys will be a lot of uh, getting out there and meeting a lot of military aviators, retired oh, military aviators, and. Uh, and give you a lot of field interviews is, is what I'm hoping to do. Definitely awesome!
4: Looking, looking forward, forward to, to that. that. Yeah. To great. Yeah. Absolutely. Very good. So
3: uh, don't
1: forget then, if you want to watch us, uh, it's obviously you'll find the live version. Uh, where We do it every single uh, well at some point during the week. There is a live version of the show uh, that goes out on YouTube. It's uh, YouTube.com forward slash c forward slash Plain Talking UK forward <laughs> slash live. Really rolls off the tongue, I know. Or you can just go straight to our uh, uh, our web page, uh, which will actually uh, put you a direct link to it on there you can also uh find out from social media where the uh, when the show is going to be live because obviously it does change a little bit depending on schedules uh so search social media whether it be facebook twitter instagram whatever it is that you choose to use by looking for plain talking uk uh website www.plaintalkinguk.com it's facebook.com forward slash plain talking you and our ha- our not our hashtag our twitter
0: handle is at plain talking uk yeah, and you could also go on a website and buy yourself an awesome T-shirt,
1: which is exactly what Nico did last Nico week. Nico Riga yeah, did, absolutely. yeah. Nico, so I
0: assume that's obviously winging its way. Uh- I think he's got it i, I it hope he's got it i hope up. he's got it you okay. know i obviously wow. did use the royal mail which oh can dear. be that's never going to end well is it no. yeah troubling. <laughs> uh, but hopefully nico hopefully if you're listening to the show hopefully you've got your t-shirt yeah, send us safely. a picture please we'd yeah, love
1: to have picture. a picture with you yeah. with you on that'd be great
0: yeah so you can you can click on the store button yeah. and uh and buy yourself a t-shirt
1: unlike a few people did last week and owen did this week do feel free we, we love to see where you're watching the show from so please oh, do yeah. send in email so it's podcast podcast at at That's send in your pictures where you're watching the show from if you've got any content that you'd like us to include in the show because this show is done for you uh it's not necessarily all about carlos which i know he'll be <laughs> terribly totally upset about uh, <laughs> um, and just basically uh, as i say audio feedback we love getting audio and video feedback so please mm. do uh send send in your stuff podcast at playtalkinguk.com if the email won't go through whatever through because of the size of the file get in touch with us and then we can give you some space where you can put the uh, we can the file so do uh, please you know, we just love to get your feedback so please send it in to podcast at plaintalkinguk.com
0: Yeah, and I shall be posting some uh, bits on our social media pages this week, all about our meet-up at Duxford later on this year in May. Yeah,
2: Nev, what was the date again? Because you're good at stuff like this. Sunday the 12th of May It's the date for your diary.
1: Yes, Sunday the 12th of May. As I
2: say, Pip's definitely going to be there.
1: We're definitely going to be there, uh, all being well. Um, so, yeah, so uh, yes, follow us, uh, follow us on social media to, to get all the details.
0: So, before we finish, in, quick uh, run round, then, what we've all got planned for this week and exciting things. So, uh, we'll start with Armando. Armando, what you got planned this week, apart from the IKEA trip?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think in the chat room, we, uh, Steph and I just coordinated, well, we may go out flying on Wednesday.
4: Oh, lovely. And nice.
3: Yeah, so one of the jobs that I've been looking at um, is flying a Cirrus. Uh, and I've actually never flown a Cirrus, so I think Dr. Steph and I will probably try to get up in the air and she can show me around. And uh, the weather here is, is just beautiful. So um, I do have to get in the air and sort of get recurrent and then start studying because uh, very soon I will have to um, sort of get regain my currency with Civil Air Patrol as a mission pilot and VFR, <laughs> IFR pilot. I got some multi-engine training. So I get about a week off before I really have to, like every other aviator, start hitting the books and, and um, start planning out the training.
0: And don't forget the flat pack furniture. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, the, the IKEA specials. That, that'll take up an alarming amount of your spare yeah. time, yes. <laughs> and uh what about you matt are you uh coaching round the uh, globe uh i'm sort of mainly local i'm just sort of doing school runs apart
1: from tuesday where i'm off to the delightful world that i'm going across the wash you know where the, the land of the webbed feet king's Lynn. Um, yes off to king's lynn Ooh, so nice. uh, yes wish me luck there uh it's uh, actually actually all jokes aside I, I, i'm making light of it but actually king's lynn has got genuinely one of the nicest Town centres for shopping, I have ever been to. So, if you've never been to Kings Lynn and you like a bit of shopping, genuinely can't recommend it highly enough. It's got a great town centre uh, for stuff like that. So, yeah, now looking forward to that actually. And uh, fingers crossed because the forecast looks good for some reasonable weather. Awesome. So, may get a chance for a nice
0: stroll around town. Now, Nev, you're obviously here with us in the east of Anglia yes. uh, for, for not today. just a social for visit, today, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, you're. Uh, Yes. yes,
2: doing a bit of work tomorrow in Dis uh, before I go home, and judging by my diary, I'm doing several laps of the M25. Oh, nice. what a treat. Yeah. So that's <laughs> nice. But on Friday, uh, I don't know what we're, when we're going to be doing the show, but I can't make this <gasps> Friday because oh, I, I'm dun, at the club dun, at the Ivy. Uh, oh, are is, you? Um, oh, listen to him. Oh, with, I'm at the uh, Ivy. <laughs> one of my very good uh, broadcasting chums. Oh, fantastic! Uh, and uh, so. Uh, oh, is that, that's Mister 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 Coburn. Coburn? Yes. 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 Give him our love, I you? certainly will. Mm. So, uh, uh, but yeah, so sadly, I won't be around on Friday, but I'm sure we'll sure, we we'll, we'll uh, work on find find it. Yeah, sure, we'll work sure things so. out. Yeah. Thank you very much indeed for your great hospitality <laughs> and a superb Sunday <laughs> lunch <wasn't> today. It, <laughs> was <fantastic. laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> Carlos actually
0: cooked for us, was. Yes, <laughs> I cooked, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. and and uh, we're several hours in there and we both seem still okay,
1: which is great news. Yeah, it's absolutely.
0: It's a Christmas pudding, it was a Christmas pudding, yeah, yeah, yeah. this week, I shall be starting my new job, yes, Tomorrow morning, me going to see my new boss, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, and 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 start a whole new chapter in In my Carlos world. Carlos world. You never know; he might
1: even be able to squeeze in a bit of flying again at some
0: point off the back of the new job. Well, we are based on a B seventeen base. So, Are you? Yes. Oh, wow. That's and there is still cool. a good portion of the runway still there. Right. Where my like, okay. company right. is, where I'm going well, to. Well, hurry buy. up and get your pilot's
1: license, yeah. then you can fly into work. Amando, come back <laughs> quick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> need, need to need to finish this. Yeah, yeah. Well,
3: the <laughs> offer the offer still stands for you to come out to the U.S. get your uh, FAA PPL. And oh cars. hell yeah.
1: Yeah. No, he'll be doing yeah. that. Yeah, that's,
0: yeah. 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 That's definitely on the uh, on the cars. Yeah. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. So we're going to say again a big thanks to everyone who's joined us in the YouTube chat room for tonight, short of this evening show. And uh, also don't forget a big thanks to everyone who downloads the show as an audio version through iTunes and all the other relevant podcasty type download apps and stuff online. Thanks to all you for downloading the show and supporting us as well. And obviously a big thanks as always each week to our Patreon donators who help us to push the show onwards and upwards into, uh, into well, mm. we've got a busy year this year, guys, haven't we, mm. with air so shows I hear, and stuff. So yes. So uh, looking forward to that. <laughs> Can't <So> wait. <laughs> keep your eyes on social media. We will uh, put it on there when we're gonna do next week's show. And apart from that, have a great, uh, well, rest of the weekend, what we've got left of this Sunday. And have a great week and a safe week, everyone. Take care. And from me, Carlos, it's goodbye. Uh, From me, it's goodbye. Don't forget that, uh, as I say, we'll post uh, on social media
1: when the next show is. We'll have a little chat as soon as we finish as to when we're going to do that. And, uh, yeah, Nev,
2: any last words? Uh, Yeah, I hope everyone has a great week and uh, great to see the guys in the real
1: studio. Indeed.
2: So from all of us here, it is time to say goodbye. So everyone say goodbye.
5: Bye.